0: We're all freaking out, and we don't have to. Good morning. I'm Brett. Welcome to Bridgewater. I told somebody this morning, if it was, this is the kind of morning that if, you, if you're looking for an excuse not to go to church, you found one. It was just so cold, it hurt. Ugh. The van didn't even want to, want to go, like even it didn't want to go, and it usually does. Oh, it's cold, but I was glad I wasn't milking cows this morning. See, there's certain things we can be thankful for. Jesse, we got out, got out of the house, we're heading to the van, and Jesse said, can I just run down quick, run down to the stream really quick? Like, No, no, you cannot do that. That does not sound like a good idea before church at negative whatever it was, (laughs) so it was cold. Well, we're freaking out. It may not be because of the cold. It may be just because we live in a freaky time and everybody's freaking out about something. Either they're freaking out about elections or freaking out about government or about politicians or about masks or about vaccines or about boosters or about... Finances or about inflation or about... There's a lot. Like, we could go on forever and just list things people freak out about. Um, there's sports teams. Um, it's, it's amazing what people choose to freak out about. Um, and typically, we respond in certain ways. Last week, we talked about, well, what does God say about freaking out about and stressing? You know, stress, I'm stressed, I'm stressed. Well, we looked at... Oh, two weeks ago, at what God said about stressing. And he says a lot about being stressed out and how we probably shouldn't be, or at least we don't have to be. Um, And then last week, we stayed home because it was icy. And this week, we're going to talk about freaking out anxiety, depression. So if you have your Bibles, we turn to... Psalm chapter six. Psalm chapter six. Depression isn't something that like when I was growing up, it wasn't something that was that we took very seriously, I don't think. Um I, I remember people talking about depression a little bit, but it was really just temporary depression, like, oh I'm so depressed. It wasn't it wasn't a, a systemic long-term condition. It was just a Oh, I'm so it was really kind of another word for discouraged. I'm so depressed. It was oh, I'm so discouraged. Um, there's an office episode actually where Michael Scott, you know, I'm depressed. Isn't depression just another word for being bummed out? It was like that, and the typical church response was, "Suck it up, Buttercup. Get over it. You'll be fine." But today, I really do think there is something, depression, that is really serious and can have incredible impacts on people's lives and on the people around them. Um, so I don't want this message to, to make anybody feel like depression is not a serious thing and all we have to do is just read two verses, click our heels together and everything's fine. You know, that, that, that is not what I want anybody to leave thinking. Because I really do believe depression is a big deal. And, and actually, more people will die this year in America from suicide because of depression than will be murdered in America. You realize that? More people will die in America this year, in 2022, because of depression-caused suicide than will die in America because of murder. Murder. So depression is a big deal. I have, um, my brother-in-law, a few years ago, committed suicide after a long depression. And he attempted to fix it, he attempted to work on it, and then ultimately hung himself. So I have seen how depression can impact a family and an extended family. Now. I will say this, it is encouraging for me to open the Bible and realize that there are a bunch of people in the Bible who struggled with depression. I don't know if you realize this, Job struggled with depression, Elijah, Jeremiah struggled with depression, Jonah struggled with depression, David struggled with depression, and I think God gives us those verses. He keeps them in the Bible for us so that we can read them and be comforted and recognize that we're not alone. Depression is a real thing and we don't have to freak out about it because God does give us some answers in the Bible about depression. So I ask you to turn to Psalm chapter 6. That's where we're going to go. In Psalm chapter 6, we're going to read just a few verses, seven verses or so, from a, a man named David. He was a king of Israel. <clears throat> he was actually the most famous king of their entire history. He, uh, he was extremely wealthy, extremely powerful. He was a king for over 40 years, um, <clears throat> controlled everything. He was known as a mighty warrior and he conquered a bunch of land and grew the empire of, of Israel to to its largest point. But he had a really hard life. And he struggles with depression. Actually, there are seven psalms that he wrote that are very depression-induced psalms. And one of them is chapter 6. So, let's read this. He's most well-known for killing Goliath, the giant. But here, he was struggling with depression. And he's known as... A man after God's own heart. So, why was he struggling? Well, here it is. Chapter 6 of Psalms. It says, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. His, his body hurt. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who who praises you from the grave? What what he basically is saying is, I feel like I'm going to die, and if I die, you're not going to get any praise from me. So please save me. Help me. I am extremely depressed. He says in verse 6, I am worn out from my groanings. All night long I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. Emotions all over the place, can't control them. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, they fail because of all of my foes. David is struggling with depression. He is really struggling. And, and I would say today, if if one of us is struggling with depression or knows somebody struggling with depression, I would say, go to the doctor. Like that, that would be that would be an answer I would give. I really do believe there is, there is a need for certain people in depression to go get medical help. David wasn't going to seek that. He lived a long time ago. But he struggled with depression, and what is he going to do? I'd like to start by saying, okay, well, what is, the, what is true about depression? So let me give a few things that I think are true about depression. First of all, I think it's real. I really do believe depression is real. Um, it, it is as real as physical pain, and sometimes worse, that <clears throat> There was there was a study done where, where those who were severely depressed were asked um, if breaking your arm would cure you of your depression, could we do that? A hundred percent of them said yes. <laughs> break break my arm. Break my arm. I want to I want to get out of my depression. It's as significant as physical pain. It is real. Depression is real. Secondly, I don't think it's sinful. Depression is not sinful. It's, I I feel depressed. Well, well, my feelings are not sinful. I I feel nauseous. Okay, well, is, is that a sin? Well, no, it's a feeling. I feel depressed. Okay. Well, the feeling is not sinful. Now, that doesn't mean that depression doesn't sometimes come from conviction of sin. I think it does. David, in in Second Samuel twelve, fell into depression, but it was because of conviction of sin, and Nathan the prophet had come to him and talked to him about that. But but depression itself isn't sinful. It's real. It's not sinful, and it really does have a cause. I listed a bunch of causes that I found. Um, it it can be caused. It can be caused, deep depression, some people fall into deep depression because of a physical or, or biological reason. Hormonal or chemical imbalances can cause depression. Postpartum depression is a real thing. After giving birth, there is, there is a depression that can set in. Head trauma can cause depression. Something breaks in our brain and, and it leads to Depression. Um, Some people are, are born with a bent towards depression. Their physiological makeup causes them to trend towards that. Worry and anxiety can cause depression. In 2020, we have seen a record number of people diagnosed with depression because it's a record year for worry and anxiety. It just is. Everybody's freaking out. Proverbs 12, 25, it says, Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Circumstances can lead to depression. The death of a child. <clears throat> a marriage breakup. All of these. I, I, I was a youth pastor in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, an 11th grade girl, Julie, was in a car accident and, and passed away. Um, and her mom has never recovered, and, and fell into depression, has never been back to work. That was 20 years ago, um, and she has never been the same. Uh, something caused <clears throat> that, and it was this traumatic experience that caused depression. And finally, uh, God's, God's conviction, I said that before, can drive us to depression. David says in Psalm 32, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groanings all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped, kind of like the summer heat. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave The guilt of my sin. So, I think David, like I said before, he was convicted of sin and had depression. Causes for depression. What is true about depression? It's real. It is real. It's not necessarily caused by sin. I've had people say, well, you're so depressed, you just need to have more faith. Okay, but there, there are some people who are really depressed that need to go see a psychiatrist um, and need to get meds. But that doesn't mean that there's not a spiritual side to depression, and I want to talk about that. So how do we fight depression? Well, this is more exciting, okay? So we had the downer, there's depression, whoa, whoa. But what do we do to fight depression? Like, I'm not depressed, how can I keep from being depressed? Many of you know my mom died on Thursday morning this week. And that's depressing. It's not fun. I've never had a mom die. This is the first time. I knew her for 51 years. It's a long relationship. And she died, so how do I keep from being depressed? Well, the Bible gives us a lot that helps us with depression, or or keeping from being depressed. So I want to talk about that. And that's actually a little more exciting. How do we fight depression? Three areas. <clears throat> First of all, physical. And I want to give you a Bible scripture for each of these. But, but regular sleep. So Thursday night I was up, let me think. Wednesday night I was up all night. I felt really bad Thursday. And any interaction I had was a bad interaction. I felt bad. I felt pretty depressed. Um, I slept 10 hours Thursday night I felt much better Friday I thought that was impressive until I talked to Eric he had stayed up with me all night the night before my son Eric and he got 15 hours of sleep I didn't even know that was physically possible I, I don't I don't even know if I could do that <laughs> but but how do you fight depression? Well, part of it is physical. I do, I do think take care of yourself physically. Here's what it says in, in Psalm 127.2. And maybe some of you didn't realize this, that God talks about prayer or about sleep. In Psalm 127.2, it says, In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. God grants sleep to those he loves. Some of you need to write this verse down and claim it tonight and pray this verse and say, God, I know that you give sleep to those you love. You love me. Please give me sleep. Actually, true story. My wife and I did this last night because we really, really needed sleep because Gabiana and Lexington sometimes are nocturnal a little more than we are. And uh, we had a great night's sleep. No promises, but Psalm 127, 2 talks about sleep, and, and if we want to fight depression, if we want to not freak out, keeping, keeping our bodies healthy makes a big difference. Regular sleep, eating right, exercise, these have all been clinically proven to help prevent or lessen depression. Secondly, mentally. The, there's a mental side to helping us with oppression. and 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. There, there is something about what we think about that does impact how we feel. I, I, I wrote this down. Our minds are the gates to our feelings. Our minds are our gates to our feelings. And, and so our thoughts usually take our feelings somewhere. So my question is, what are you allowing yourself to think about? What are you putting into your mind? What music are you putting into your mind? What toxic conversations are you putting into your mind? What movies are you putting into your mind? If if our minds are the gates of our feelings, Philippians 4.8 needs to be a life verse. Because Philippians 4.8 says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if there's anything of excellence or praiseworthy, think about such things. You've been struggling with depression? What are you putting into your mind? you feel like you could be prone to depression, what are you putting into your mind? How are you taking care of your body? What are you putting into your mind? I would strongly recommend that you memorize scripture. David, the psalmist, David, we just read his, his psalm. He said, I've hidden your word in my heart so I won't sin against you. David recognized that memorizing verses of scripture was very beneficial to him. So I made a, a list of top Bible verses that I would say memorized. And you can take a picture of this with your camera choo, on your phone, and you'll have these verses. But these verses have been very meaningful to me. This is, I don't know what order I put them in. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and don't lean on your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll direct your paths. Um, Psalm Psalm nineteen four which says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O God. Uh, Philippians 4, 8, we just read it. Think about these things. Romans 10, 9 and 10, says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. There's an assurance of salvation that, that God has me. Ephesians 4, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth but only what's profitable for building others up. Um, Isaiah forty one ten. Do not fear, for I am with you, do not be dismayed, I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. What an amazing verse on anxiety or worry or depression. Joshua 1 9 says, Be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And Psalm 46.1 says, um, the Lord is a stronghold, a strong tower. Um, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the seas. Anyway, read the whole Psalm 46. It's an amazing psalm. If you want to fend off depression or worry or anxiety, put God's word in your mind. Hide God's word in your heart. You cannot recall things you don't know. You can't. You have to know them in order to recall them. Physically, there's a piece of this. Mentally, there's a piece of this. And I I think, along with memorizing Scripture, I think prayer is hugely important. Pray. I feel depression coming on. I need to pray. I need to cry out to God. That's what Psalm 6 was saying. Psalm 6 was a prayer. David was praying to God. He recognized where his strength comes from. Thirdly, thirdly, relational. I think the third area of, of preventing and helping out depression is relational. Galatians 6, verse 2, it says, Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Bridgewater, we believe that there's a, we have a core value. Life is better connected. We believe that being a follower of Jesus and going living in this life is not a Lone Ranger sport. It is an all-hands-on-deck, life-is-better-connected sport. And so we talk about small groups all the time. And we say, are you in a small group? Are you in a small group? You need to be in a small group. You need to be in a small group. Why? Well, I'll give you an example from from my wife, from our life. Um, We are are in a small group. We have a small group. We lead one Wednesday nights. Um, I made a call to Josh Wednesday or or a text, I don't remember, and said, can you lead the group? I'm going down to see my mom. She's dying. He said, yes. Yes. Which was really good because I wasn't going to be there. Um, but life is better connected. And so Josh led our small group. And then I heard from our small group members over and over and over this week telling me how they were praying for us. Is there anything they could do? They cared for us. Some of you cared for us. Actually, we have all this food at our house because one of your small groups sent a 53-foot semi-truck to our house with food and dumped it at our house. And my, I hadn't seen my my 22-year-old son for weeks and now he won't leave. (laughs) He just keeps on taking armloads of food out to his car. But we're glad to see him. (laughs) But that's what the body of Christ does. And you know what? It eases depression to have a group of people who love you and care for you and will pray for you. So I can send a text to 20 people saying, please pray for me, I'm really struggling, and and they will tell me that they're praying. That's what the body of Christ does. You see, there's a relational aspect to fighting off depression. We all need to be connected relationally to other believers. And if you're not a small group, you are missing out. Doesn't mean I'm more spiritual than you. In fact, it may mean that I'm less because I know that I need it more. But um, I, I, would, I would strongly recommend that you be in a small group. Um, find one you like. Find one that clicks. If you can't find any group that's really good, start one. Come and talk to me. Talk to Josh. We. Lisa and I, we just saw a bunch of kits on how to do a small group. They're in the Welcome Center. We'd love to help you start a small group. Start one. That's fine. But but don't miss out on the opportunity to do life connected with other people because it's a huge part of walking with Jesus. And if you're missing that piece, it's going to be harder for you. And when things come along that could be very depressing you will have a support, a support group there that, that will really help you. So anyway, that's my commercial. Um, how, how do we fight depression? <laughs> Physically, stay healthy, eat, sleep. Mentally, memorize scripture, pray. Relationally, be connected together in a small group. I, I found some verses that are amazing verses I, on depression. I, I feel like as bad as anybody's depression could be, it is, it is nothing that Jesus can't help you with. Like I, I think there is another piece of this spiritually that, that we have a loving God who cares for us and loves us and has felt and gone through what we feel and go through. And he wants us to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. And the question is whether we are willing to do that and whether we trust him enough to make a difference. Um, I, I, I wrote down some verses here uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power, God says, is made perfect in your weakness. Hebrews 4.15 says, for for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet without sin. Isaiah 41.10, I said this one before, for do not fear, I am with you. Do not be dismayed, I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 53, 3 says he was despised. Jesus, is talking about, was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Yeah, but you don't understand what I'm going through. I, I don't. You're right. I probably don't. But Jesus does. Right there. Familiar with pain. Psalm 34, 18, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Depression is real, but it's not bigger than Jesus. Depression is real, I I agree with that, but it's not bigger than Jesus. Jesus. And we have someone who understands and can help us. So I, I was thinking about this and I, 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 I wrote down three steps. Um, because I really think that, 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 that prayer, telling God my anxieties and worries and stresses, memorizing verses that I can recite in my head when I'm depressed or discouraged or anxious, Hugely important. Prayer, memorizing scripture. This third one, though, I think this one's really important, and I don't think it gets enough credit. I think there's an aspect where worship can be the dagger that puts anxiety on life support. Like, worship, like, specifically filling my mind with songs that talk about God's faithfulness. I think too often, followers of Jesus go through life And we hit speed bumps and we hit depression and we hit anxiety. And we continue to fill our mind with the world's music. Which I'm not even saying is sin. But what I will say is we've got an option. We can can fill our mind with stuff that talks about God's faithfulness. Or we can fill our mind with how Johnny lost his truck and his girlfriend and his dog died. And we choose the dog died. And I don't understand. Why wouldn't we fill our mind with God's faithfulness? Like, I don't get it. We get in our vehicles. You get in your vehicles. And you intentionally turn on something that fills your mind without God's faithfulness. I'm not even saying it's sin. I'm just saying it's worthless. But you have an option. Over here, you've got a whole world of songs that talk about how faithful God is. Why aren't you putting those in your mind? You can find any genre of music you want. Well, I really like rap. Fine. Find rap that talks about God's faithfulness. You don't understand. I really love opera. Fine. Find opera that talks about God's faithfulness you don't understand, I really like hip-hop. Fine, find hip-hop that talks about God's faithfulness. But don't talk about being discouraged and then fill your mind with stuff that sings about discouraging stuff. And there's another whole world of genre of music over here that's toxic and sinful. I'm not even talking about this. I'm talking about the worthless stuff. I don't understand why we don't fill our minds. I, I had this conversation with my children, my older 24 and 22-year-old, and, and they said, uh, they said, Dad, we, my son said, Dad, I think we are the only family that, uh, that doesn't drink and only listens to Christian music. And I said, uh, you mean at Bridgewater? And he said, no, the world I said, "Oh, that can't be true. The world's a big place. There's got to be some ignorant fool out there that's doing it the way I'm doing it." <laughs> but, but I just I hear that, and and I don't want to say that this is all sin. I, I'm I'm not saying that at all. Okay, I'm not saying country music is sin. I'm not saying whatever you listen to is sin. I'm not saying that at all. I recognize there is a sinful group of songs. I get that. Okay, I I'm talking about The stuff that that Paul said, there's a lot of things that are permissible, not everything is profitable. That's what I'm talking about. And I would say, why wouldn't you listen to music that talks about God's faithfulness? It's out there and it's available. And so I wrote down as part of the three prayer, memorize scripture fill our minds with songs that talk about God's faithfulness. Just throwing it out there. Um, It seems like a no-brainer to me, but I'm a pastor. So I could be off. But anyway, I just want to throw that out there. If if we're freaking out and, and there's stress and there's anxiety and there's worry and there's fear in our world, Wow, we have an option. We can pray and cast all our cares on him. Wow, we have an option. We can memorize God's word and put it in our heads and we can think on things that are true and right and noble and and bring honor and glory to him. We can think about those things in scripture. Wow, we have an option. We can pour a stream of reminders of God's faithfulness into our mind through music and uh, that's a free commercial for K-Love I'm not an owner just just listen that's all I do I just listen but anyway whatever your genre is I happen to be a, an acapella ga- Gaithers guy so I love acapella music um, I know it's weird but I listen to that genre and I like it and they talk about God's faithfulness. Um, so, But I'm old-fashioned. I understand. Um, but I think that worship oftentimes is the dagger that puts, puts anxiety down on life support. Um, I, I wrote down, if, if, you're a, if you're an old fuddy-duddy like me, you'll remember things like this. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. There was something called hymns years ago. That is one of them. Here's another one. Is, is there a heart overbound by sorrow? Is there a life weighed down by care? Come to the cross, each burden bearing, all your anxiety, leave it there. All your anxiety, all your care, bring to the mercy seat, leave it there. Never a burden he cannot bear. Never a friend like Jesus. What a song. Oh, my word. That's amazing. Here's another one. Be still, my soul. The Lord is on your side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to your God to order and provide. In every change, he faithful will remain. Be still, my soul, your best your heavenly friend, through thorny ways, leads to a joyous end. I have trouble reading it without humming it, but um, anyway, I just, I just did that to show you that there are some amazing songs that sing about God's faithfulness. Mercy Me has a song, Even If, that does a great job, job talking about God's faithfulness. I don't know about you, but depression is a, is a real thing. And some of these songs have been very, very encouraging to me. And I think they'll be encouraging to you. But this week, they have been encouraging to me. And I can't imagine getting in my vehicle and turning on the radio and listening to something worthless or or of, of less value when I can listen to songs that talk about God's faithfulness and love for me. And it is encouraging. Just a thought. Just throwing it out there. It's free. Um, I will not judge you if you don't listen. That's fine. There's a lot of things that I'm (laughs) that I'm wrong on, Um, but we can pray. Secondly, we can memorize scripture. Thirdly, we can put a stream of reminders of God's faithfulness through our mind all the time to help us battle stress. Anxiety, worry, depression. All right, let's let's pray. Father, I I am thankful. I'm thankful that you love me, love us. Thank you, thank you that you are a big God who has gone through struggles just like we have. Please help us. Help us not to feel like every time there's challenges emotionally that we, that we have to take them on on our own. That's not true at all. Help us to remember that you will never leave us or forsake us. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever, and you, you want us to cast our cares on you because you care for us. Thank you for caring for us. We surely don't deserve it. We're not even good at saying thank you. But thank you. Thank you for being faithful to us. In Jesus' name, amen.